What you are about to hear is an unemployment appeal. The hospitals in Ohio are generally fighting employees who are seeking unemployment compensation after being fired for either asking for a religious or a medical exemption. This hearing is over a medical exemption, but a religious exemption was requested as well. I think you will see how ridiculous the stance of the hospitals is. And you will also notice that the Ohio Hospital Association is handling appeals for these hospitals. They are fighting tooth and nail against the employees who are trying to exercise their right to unemployment compensation. The hospitals are arguing that because the employees did not get the genetic injection, that they had just cause to fire them. You will see almost a complete disregard in the hearing for medical privacy, religious privacy, informed consent, and you will hear a doctor struggling with his testimony in this process. He must be one of the most well-versed doctors in the world because he claims to know all about what's in the shots, which none of us know at this point. I know it's going to be a struggle to listen to the doctor because he can barely articulate what's going on, but try to listen to it because thousands of people have been through this process. And it is really, to me, a complete insult and a sin against our Constitution, religious rights, and the rights of informed consent and bodily autonomy. Furthermore, I think what we hear in this recording is something called the banality of evil. These hospitals and the Ohio Hospital Association simply ignore reality. They ignore the dangers of the shots. They ignore the damage that they're doing to their employees. They ignore the damage that they're doing to their own institutions and the communities in which they're situated. And they proceed blindly. That's how bureaucratic processes go on and on without regard to morality or humanity. And they damage and endanger people's lives. I want to thank my client and all the other clients who've had to go through these hearings and are brave enough and courageous enough to let their medical issues and their religious beliefs be public and to fight for those beliefs. And I want to thank the public servants, like the hearing officer here, who is forced to listen to this and inquire into things I think that they really don't want to inquire into. You can hear the hearing officer's impatience with the Ohio Hospital Association at times. Thank you for listening to this and gaining an understanding of what is going on in our society. Let's get started with the hearing. Mr. Mendenhall, this is the hearing yeah. officer, how are you? I'm real good, my client is here. Ms. Thompson, can you hear me? Yes, I can. All right. Let me call the other party and we'll get started. Thank you. Are you in-house counsel then for the Fairfield? No, I'm not. I work with OHA. So you were the third-party administrator? Yes, sir. Who's your first witness? Uh, Teresa Kramer. She's HR. And we put Dr. Dominguez on this thing because the attorney at other cases seems to want to talk to the people on the committee. All right, let me call Ms. Kramer then. We'll start with her. The employer's Fairfield Medical Center. This matter is being heard on August 11th, 2022, by telephone. Ms. 
Kramer, do you swear or affirm that the testimony you give will be the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? I affirm. Thank you. And was the address on the notice you received for the hearing correct? Yes. And your position with the company? I am the employee relations coordinator. And Ms. Thompson's position? Oh, I'm sorry. She was a uh, patient registrar. And her dates of employment? She was hired on 9-8-1997, and her last day at work was 2-15-2022. And the reason for the discharge? Because she failed to obtain the federal mandatory COVID-19 vaccination. Okay. Did she request a deferral or an exemption? Yes. So you said she requested a, a medical exemption first and then a religious exemption? Yes. Okay. The medical exemption, it was approved or denied? It was denied. Why? Um, that would be uh, better answered by Dr. Dominguez. Religious exemption, approved or denied? Uh, it was denied. We only allow one. What do you mean you only allow one? So if you file for a medical, you cannot apply for a religious or vice versa. If you, Why not? Uh, would, Why? Because it would um, defeat the need for having everybody would go on that route. I mean, it's getting the vaccination is to be of help. It's like, well, if I don't get it here, I'll go over there. So we've had that. That's been a longstanding practice. And in our policy, uh, since like 2015, 2016, you can only uh, select one. Okay. What policy? Where does it say that? Um, it's in the COVID-19 vaccination uh, workforce requirements. And it's also uh, a longstanding practice that we've had, which was in our – because before COVID, we only had the uh, influenza vaccination policy. Mm -hmm. And it's stated in there. All right. Did you submit that as evidence for this hearing today? Uh, you have a copy of the COVID-19 vaccine workforce requirements, yes. Let me ask you this. Uh, so who is Ben Glass? Ben Glass would have been her manager. Her manager. Okay. I'm just looking at emails between Ben Glass and... Okay. I'm so, still going through the case file to try to find oh. that policy. It's an, Oh, it is on uh, the state file on page 39. Okay. All right. Policy. Okay. And what's the part about you can only choose one? Which really doesn't make any sense if you think about it. If you have a religious objection, if you have a medical condition, then you have a medical condition. I don't see why you can't have both. What would prevent them? But they're not mutually exclusive. Why couldn't you have a, a medical and religious objection? The um, answer to that section is on the second page under Roman numeral seven, letter A, that says any workforce healthcare worker, excluding volunteers, may apply for only one type of exemption. Yeah, but that doesn't mean it's reasonable. Why? Why? Um, you not um, I'm sorry. Who's speaking? I'm sorry. Who's speaking? Me. Is this a hearing yeah. officer? Okay. Okay. Um, sir, I can only attest to what I know, and that's been an established policy. Like I said, that has been in a written policy since 2016 here at the hospital. Uh, and I'm sure those are reviewed. All of our policies that are impacting employees when it comes to vaccination usually get ran through uh, attorney approval. Okay. Uh, so where is this again? Which number? Seven? Yes. Which number? What page number? No, I'm it says workforce members with an approved exemption on file. 
where below that is it? I don't see Hold it. On. Wait a minute. Let's see. I don't see anything that says one. It says you can only do yeah, one. It, it does. Just bear with me here a moment. I looked at a, a, a printed off copy, and I'm now looking at the case file to try to find it. I'm looking at page 39 was the start of the policy. Fairfield Medical COVID-19 vaccination workforce requirement. No, I know I just read that. I don't know why not. Let's see. Okay. It's on, I'm sorry, it's the, I stand corrected. It's on page 41, uh, Roman numeral 3, letter okay. A. Any workforce health care worker, excluding volunteers, may apply for only one type of exemption. Okay. All right. Thank you. Uh, Ms. Mack, any questions for Ms. Kramer? Ma'am, Ms. Mack? I had you on mute. Oh, okay. Go ahead. I'm sorry. In her position, was she near the public patients or coworkers? Do you know? Yeah, as a patient registrar, she would be dealing with, with the general public coming in for an appointment. What precautions did your facility take to stop the spread other than requiring the vaccine? Um, well, we, we put communications out in our Monday morning on what folks could do. They could, you know, wear appropriate PPE and all those kind of things. After she was informed she was being terminated, actually, after she was informed her applications were denied for exemptions, did she have any appeal rights? She did ask Employee Health why she was denied, and they did respond to her. And again, I think Dr. Dominguez can answer that more appropriately. All right, I don't have any other questions. Thank you. Uh, Ms. Mendenhall, any questions? Kramer? Thank you. Ms. Kramer, my client has a history of exemptions from the flu vaccine. You're aware of that, I imagine, going back at least a decade. I'm, I'm not sure of the of the the number or quantity of exemptions she might have regarding the flu. Well, how many exemptions are you uh, aware of? You know that in the last several years, then anyway, she's been exempt from the flu, correct? I believe so. Yes. And that's based on a number of healthcare issues that she has, including. Hashimoto's, diabetes, prior blood clotting. Are you aware of the health care reasons for that? Again, I only handle the medical, or excuse me, the religious exemptions. The medical exemptions go through a medical committee, and I, I don't really have anything to do with that other than just if they've been approved or denied. You don't know why her medical exemption all of a sudden that she's had for quite a while, and, and you recognize that. You don't have any idea specifically why she was denied a medical exemption this time. No, sir, I don't. And I trust in, her, I trust in the committee hmm. and the doctors here that review that. Who's, who's reviewing the medical exemptions then? Uh, I know Dr. Dominguez Are, and, you, and the committee that they have. You said it was a committee, so who else is on the committee? Um, I'm not sure who everyone is. It's Dr. Dominguez and Dr. Dag Murray. Are you aware that she was using PPE and distancing to avoid contact with, with customers? Uh, that would be required by policy, yes. Okay, so if I told you she was sitting behind plexiglass with an N95 mask on, you would accept that that were accurate then, correct? Um, according to the, the policy that, yes, they if they are approved, uh, of that exemption, they are required to follow um, those guidelines. And you have no evidence that she failed to follow those guidelines. In fact, she did follow those guidelines, correct, as far as you know? Um, I, again, I have no authority as far as monitoring or supervising her, so I, I would have to assume uh, on the basic level that, yes, she would be adhering to that. Mm -hmm. 
what was the purpose of the vaccine, given that we now know that those who are vaccinated carry the disease and transmit the disease? And in fact, uh, we all know that they get the disease at this point. I think we all right, Your Honor, I'm going to put an I'm going to put an objection on record. He is a lawyer, not a doctor, and we go through this at every hearing where he starts testifying and telling us all what we know. Just like me, he can get a physician on this record and testify to those things. I've got one waiting to be called. I'm just asking if she knows that. I think it's common knowledge at this point. I, I don't know that that's difficult. <clears throat> She's HR, and her job is to just enforce policy. It is not to give medical opinion. Stop, Mr. Mendenhall. Regardless, it's just not relevant. The issue here Thank is... You. With the policy that you not and why didn't and why allow it. So I'm not really interested in the transmission of COVID or anything else about any of that. So let's go okay. forward. I am curious as well about this fact. You would agree with me that somebody could have medical problems but also be religious, correct? Yes. And was there the religious exemption that she submitted, was there any, any particular problem with the actual religious exemption, or was it just that she requested a religious exemption? Um, after, again, our long-standing policy has been you can only apply for one. She applied for a medical exemption. It was denied. Therefore, it makes her ineligible to apply for a religious exemption. I heard you say that earlier. I'm just asking the actual religious exemption. <clears throat> I'm going to adjust. I'm going to adjust again because it's asked and answered. Okay? Can we please move on, Your Honor? I, I'm sorry, but she didn't answer. Hold I'm just on, asking. Oh. Yeah, yes, she did. She very clearly stated Ms. that Mac. she is HR Mac, and she's following. All right. Stop talking, Ms. Mack. I can't move <clears throat> on your section because I didn't hear the question. Go ahead, Mr. Mendenhall. Okay. I'm just simply asking, she's, this HR person, Ms. Kramer, is the one who reviews religious exemptions. I'm just asking if she looked at this religious exemption and whether that relig religious exemption was an appropriate uh, request for religious exemption, as far as she knew. She seems to be aware of these. That's it. Yes, we're, we, we, would, we are very uh, open to religious exemptions. And she claims a personal, you know, request for her belief. So we would accept that. Hold on. Are you saying that if Ms. Thompson would have submitted the religious objection first, it would have been granted? Most likely. But the only reason you didn't consider it was because she just didn't put that one in first, even though you are testifying under oath today that they are sufficient grounds? Sir, again, we have a policy that's longstanding. People have been, this has uh, been the policy. I can't, I, you're asking me to change the position of the policy. I can't do that. I'm you, I'm asking you, it's a very simple question is, if she would have put in the religious exemption first, that would have been sufficient evidence for you to grant the exemption. I believe so. Okay, fair enough. All right, anything else, Mr. Mendenhall? No, thank you. All right. And I want to say this before we go further. Ms. Mack and Mr. Mendenhall, if you have an objection, Make your objection and make it to me. I do not want this complaining and arguing between yourselves. That is not going to happen. Am I clear on that? Yes, sir. Your Honor, I yeah. am clear, and, and I did say I have an objection. I always start with that. 
I understand that, but then it turns into an argument between the two of you, and that's what I want to stop. Objection. All right, I got it. And then I will make a ruling. Okay, thank you. Now, we have Dr. Dominguez, and we have a Tina Anderson. What is Tina Anderson going to testify to? Not much else from Ms. Kramer, so I think it would be best for time purposes to go to Mr. Dominguez. He was actually on the committee, and it can explain why her exemption for medical was denied. Okay. What is your first name, sir? My first name is Robert. Robert. All right. And you are? And you are who? Yeah, my name is David Spencer. I'm the hearing officer with the commission. Uh, okay. I'll ask you a few right. questions you. regarding if she was in the case. When I'm finished, your representative, Ms. Mack, will have an opportunity to question you, as will the claimant's attorney, Mr. Mendenhall. All right? Okay. All right. So, Dr. Dominguez, do you swear or affirm that the testimony you give will be the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? Yes. And what is your position? I'm a uh, physician in the emergency department. I'm also medical director for employee health. Did you rule on Ms. Thompson's medical exemption? I did with uh, Dr. Dag Murray and um, the CNP who also reviewed the case. Why was it refused? Um, She uh, did not... um, uh, she was asking for a medical exemption on the COVID vaccination, um, and um, uh, we asked her uh, several times um, if uh, she would uh, uh, be vaccinated, and uh, she stated uh, she would not. And she uh, well, that's why she exemption. I don't understand. Yeah. yeah. Request an exemption because yeah. she didn't want to get the vaccine. You said no. Correct. Why did you say no? Yeah, she did not want to get the vaccine. She did not want to get the vaccine. Correct. It is a hosp- It is a. Uh, it is a federal mandate uh, issued by uh, uh, Center for Medicaid and Medicare that all eligible uh, workforce members receive the COVID vaccination compliance with the uh, deadlines that they provided. Okay. Uh, I, maybe I'm not making. Maybe I'm asking this wrong. There is a medical exemption allowance. Ms. Thompson submitted a medical exemption form requesting that she be exempted, and you're saying what? She was denied because she asked to be denied to be exempted? No, no. Yeah, I'm sorry. We, we, yeah, we. So she was denied because the reason. Denied. That's what I'm wondering. Okay, I got it. I was denied because the request was not medically valid. There was why? no evidence that. Why was there it was not no medical? evidence? Yeah. Well, there was no, no evidence, evidence because um, that she uh, her exemption said that she had Hashimoto's, and um, uh, and uh, and problems with uh, she had Hashimoto's uh, thyroid disorder, low blood pressure, autoimmune, and diabetes, um, and uh, that is not a uh, reason to uh, not get the vaccine. What are the reasons? Are they are they enumerated? Is there specific reasons that you have to have or issues or medical conditions in order for this to be granted? And if there is, who puts that out? Is that the CDC or how does it work? Yeah. Yeah. This, um, 
So there has to be, um, most people, uh, let me go back a little bit. We uh, had uh, nine people who applied in the whole hospital for exemptions. Two of them uh, were approved. Uh, one, because she had an anaphylactic reaction. Um, the other one, after her first vaccine, she developed uh, shortness of breath, itching and hives. And the other ones um, uh, were uh, not, um, uh, were denied. Uh, out of the denials, uh, three uh, did not uh, um, pass, and the other four did get the vaccine eventually. Yeah, that wasn't what I asked you. What are the medical conditions that would cause you to say, okay, this exemption is allowed? Because her doctor is the one did request it, right? She doesn't get the flu vaccine. Why is this one different? The flu vaccine has nothing to do with a COVID vaccination. There are no, there are no um, cross sensitivities. There are, um, there are no specific ingredients that she gave us that she was allergic to that was right. in the COVID vaccine uh, that would have granted her an exemption. Um, so they're, they're not, they're not related. They don't have the same. Correct. Complaint. They're not, they're not related. Correct. Oh, I got you. Because you have an allergy. Let's say if you have a nausea, you have a sore arm after the vaccine, that is not a uh, allergic reaction for us to deny that. Um, I would, we would have to have uh, hives, itching, uh, shortness of breath, and anaphylactic reaction to be able to grant something like this. I see. Is there a list of, you know, if you have these disorders, you should not take the vaccine somewhere that you go up? Um, I don't have the list, but most people do get, uh, or what I know, most of them do get the vaccination. Um, there is no, uh, let's say, um, if you've had uh, if you had an allergic reaction to the shot, to the first immunization, right? I would, we would not give you a second shot. No, I know, but I'm you. You listed off uh, issues: Hashimoto's, thyroid disorder, autoimmune, diabetes. Is there those something? are not those those are not um, uh, those are not uh, reasons to get exempted for taking the vaccine. I understand, but is there some list that says these are good reasons for not taking the vaccine? And this is put out by the CDC as guidance to say, hey, this is the things we should all be looking out for. Is there such a thing or not? I would have to look at the CDC guidelines. I don't know those off the top of my head. So you didn't use such a you didn't use such a list when making your determinations for Ms. Thompson. If no, we use what she what she gave us. Uh, okay. Her medical conditions were diabetes, hypothyroidism, and high blood pressure. Okay, I think I get it. All right, thank you. I don't have any further questions. Uh, Ms. Mack, any questions of Dr. Dominguez? Did she indicate that there was an ingredient in the COVID-19 vaccine that she was allergic to? Not that I'm aware of. If someone says to you, there is a specific ingredient in that COVID-19 vaccine that I am allergic to, what are you doing with those applications? At that time, I would, we would probably, uh, the two physicians, myself and uh, Dr. Murray, would probably discuss it, and we would probably grant it if she had a specific ingredient that she was allergic to. 
Is having a history of blood clots a reason to avoid getting the COVID vaccine? No, it is not. Did she indicate that she had a history of blood clotting? Not that I'm aware of. Okay, I thought she did. All right, I'll move on. In her, hold on, her best review that the shot had caused a lot of, no, no. Um, in the statement that I see here, uh, uh, in her best medical review, that these shots have caused a cardiovascular compromise of uh, pulmonary embolus and myocarditis, but she did not list it that I know of. I see. Now, she indicated she had an autoimmune disorder. Does the Are you familiar with the American College of Rheumatology? They have um, put out, I believe, that you can get the vaccine. Um, there was a paper uh, that the uh, that they've put out um, that that um, is not uh, having a blood clot is not a reason to avoid getting the COVID vaccine. Uh, the only one that does uh, is, would be concerning is a Johnson and Johnson that has a high relationship for clotting disorder. Um, um, the you know um, the uh, American uh, Thrombosis Society. The, they recommend that you should get the uh, vaccine. Having a um, having COVID increases your blood clot, uh, having a risk of blood clot by 30, uh, 30 times if you get the infection. And going back to uh, the original question, she's also indicated she has, I thought, an autoimmune disorder, right? That would be Hashimoto's, the thyroid disorder. Okay. What is what 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 does the American College of Rheumatology recommend um for persons who have that autoimmune disorder? Should they or should they not get COVID nineteen vaccine? They should get the COVID nineteen vaccine. What is your medical opinion on that? That you should get the vaccine. Um Why? I've in the emergency room. Why? Um, we have seen a lot of deaths from COVID um, in the last uh, couple of years uh, in the ER and in the hospital itself and in uh, general. Um, so uh, it does prevent you from having bad outcomes, um, including, uh, you know, uh, disabilities uh, and uh, death. Um, Have you had anybody in the emergency room pass away from taking the COVID-19 vaccine that had this autoimmune disorder that the claimant has? No, I have not. I don't have any other questions, Your, Your Honor, for this doctor. Thank you. Uh, Ms. Mitchell, any questions of the doctor? Yes, thank you. Doctor, this shot is under what's called an emergency use authorization, correct? Yes, sir. And under an emergency use authorization, there's a basic requirement in all medicine for informed consent, and especially under an EUA, correct? That's my understanding. And my client, by going to a doctor and getting an opinion that she had Hashimoto's, she had high blood pressure and autoimmune disorder and diabetes, that that's part of informed consent is knowing, first of all, what your physical situation is, correct? Yes. And secondly, she's consulted with a doctor to figure out if there's a potential problem, correct? Isn't she just taking the steps for informed consent in what she did? She's taken it to her primary care physician, as um, Dr. Murray and I, um, him uh, being the infectious disease uh, specialist for the hospital, um, 
decided uh, that she should receive the vaccine. But that these two, these that Hashimoto's, um, thyroid, and diabetes and hypertension were not enough for us to grant her an exemption. Under the informed consent rules, and you're familiar with those, I imagine. You would have to refresh my memory. Well, one of the requirements under informed consent is that there should be no coercion, correct, to take a shot or any other medical treatment. Okay. Do you know that? Yeah, I mean, we're not coercing her to get a shot. We're uh, the CDC, uh, not CDC, the um, CMS mandates uh, all hospitals to abide by their rules. You know, it's a federal mandate. I understand that there's a federal mandate, and I understand it was upheld by the Supreme Court, but there's something else in the mandate. It does allow medical and religious exemptions, both. You're aware of that, correct? Yes, correct. So she had every right to request an exemption, and and if you guys had granted the exemption, you wouldn't be in any violation of the CMS mandate if you'd granted an exemption, would you? No, we would not. The reason we did not grant it, because we do not believe that it was uh, uh, necessary for her to um, that uh, the risk outweigh the uh, the benefit that by her having uh, COVID uh, would uh, would uh, make things a lot worse. So we, as a hospital uh, or as an entity, have decided that um, she did not meet that criteria. She went to her doctor, who informed her that the risk did outweigh the benefit. And she, as an adult and with the right to informed consent, has a right to determine her own risks versus benefits. Wouldn't you agree that, that that's a basic patient right? It's a patient right, but that's not what, uh, it's not an exemption for us to deny that. I mean, it's an exempt, we, we, it's, uh, I mean, it's not medically valid, uh, medically valid for us to, to do that. You are not in any way treating Ms. Thompson, correct? No. So you're saying that her doctor's opinion is not medically valid, correct? Well, let me go back. Let's go back. Her, we disagree with her. Uh, we disagree with what the uh, doctor uh, is requesting that she get, receive an exemption. Well, I'm just trying to figure out. I mean, you're not treating her. You don't have all her records. You haven't been seeing her on a regular basis or at all. Nope. Like I meant. No, I have not. The other thing that you stated that was interesting to me is that you claimed that there are no ingredients in the shots that would affect her. Is that correct? No, no ingredients ingredients that she listed that she was allergic to. She did not list any ingredients that she was allergic to to the vaccine. Well, let me ask you this. This is an emergency use authorized vaccine, as far as I know, you would be the only one in the country who would know what the ingredients are because Pfizer and, and Moderna and Johnson and Johnson aren't providing those ingredients at this point. Well, You're aware of that, correct? On, I thought the ingredients have been listed uh, on the Internet um, from what I remember. Have you reviewed those ingredients? Have I reviewed them? I have to look them up. We're just going to have to disagree about that. Your position on coercion is that holding her job over her head, no jab, no job, that that's not coercive. Is that your position? 
That's not what I am. Um, that's not Paul, my. Uh, let me interject here for a second, Dr. Dominguez. Uh, Mr. Mendenhall, this has been discussed, and that's not an issue. I don't think okay. that. But Mr. The, Dr. Dominguez thinks of his coercion is irrelevant. We need to just move on. Okay. Nobody's saying that Ms. Thompson was held down and given a shot, which I think is what that refers to. But go ahead. Okay. Any, anything else here before we move on? No, I think I think we've covered it. Thank you very much, Sharing Officer. All right. Uh, Dr. Dominguez, thank you for your time, sir. You have a good day. Thompson, do you swear or affirm that the testimony you give will be the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? Yes, sir. And a draft from the notice you received the hearing, correct? Yes. All right. Why did you choose the medical exemption over the religious exemption? Did you know you could only take one or choose one? I did not know at the time, but I really didn't think it was going to be a problem to get the medical exemption because I have a permanent flu exemption, and there were there were just problems that I had experienced over the years, just different reactions with other medications, and I really assumed it would be approved. Okay. Tell me about your religious exemption. Just what is the basis of it? I did not want to receive the vaccine for my religious beliefs because it was told that it had aborted baby fetuses, and I just, you know, as a Christian, I didn't want to put something into my body that contained that and the knowledge that we weren't even positive exactly what it contained. That was the basis of my religious request. Did you pray on whether or not you should take the vaccine? Yes, I did. I feel very positive that I was not supposed to receive the vaccine. What is it about the flu vaccine that you have the permanent exemption? Are you allergic to some ingredient in it or is it some other reason? Well, the first time I had the flu shot was 1993, and I got a severe rash, and my heart was racing. And the facility I worked at at the time said that it was just, it'll go away, and it didn't. And I didn't get it the next year, but then I tried it again, and I was just kind of told that I needed to get it being a healthcare worker. And every time that I got it, that would happen. Was it an allergic reaction that you were having, or did they ever determine that conclusively or yes it was an allergic reaction it was a rash and you, my heart rate do you know when did you stop taking the flu vaccine probably the last time i took it was the year 2000 because everybody would give me advice on how to do it like take ibuprofen before things like that and i gave it a, a good shot but every time i would have the same reaction did your doctor think you might be allergic to the COVID vaccine, or was it based more on your health conditions? Both. Because of reactions that I've had with not only the flu vaccine, but other medications and just abnormal behavior that happened when I had certain medications, she believed that it wasn't good for me to take. But also because I am a type 1 diabetic, I had Hashimoto's, and there were studies at the time stating that you should not take it if you had autoimmune because it could have a reaction. Well, thank you. I don't believe I have any further questions. We've come to the end of the hearing period. This is Warner Mendenhall. I'm satisfied with her testimony and the testimony on the record at this time. So okay. I'm ready to move on if Ms. Mack is yeah. Okay. I am also. I, I don't I don't have a bunch of questions for her at all. So yeah, if, okay. you, if you want to close, we'll, we can close. Okay, fair enough. Then we'll do that. Ms. Matt, if you'd like to make closing, you may.
No, we'll rest. Thank you. All right. Mr. Mendenhall? I'll rest as well. I think that the hearing officer has heard the testimony, so I appreciate your time this morning. All right.